As we step into the message portion of our service, we just want to reflect for a minute on where we've been. The last few weeks, we've been talking about how Jesus is our perfect prophet. He is the teacher who reveals God to us. And last week, we heard that the words Jesus speaks to us are life. Today, we shift gears. We're now going to talk about Jesus on his way to the cross. And today we get a foreshadow of the cross as Jesus is anointed, which means that somebody pours something out on him. He is anointed at Bethany from John chapter 12 and Matthew 26. We'll hear that message from our video this morning. The time was coming to celebrate the Passover. Every year, the Jewish people gathered together to remember a special event that happened long ago. When God's people were slaves in Egypt, God did great things to rescue his people. Pharaoh saw God's power and authority and he let God's people go. God had used Moses to lead his people out of Egypt to the promised land. God did not want the people to forget that time, so every year, the Jews had a feast. Many Jews traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate. Six days before the Passover feast began, Jesus went to the town of Bethany. Bethany was near Jerusalem, and Jesus' friend Lazarus lived there with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Jesus and his disciples went into Simon's house for a meal. Jesus was reclining at the table when Lazarus' sister, Mary, came to him. She had a jar of very expensive oil. The oil smelled good, like a perfume. Mary broke open the jar and poured the oil on Jesus' head and feet. Some of Jesus' disciples were very upset. They thought Mary had wasted the expensive oil by pouring it on Jesus. The oil was worth 300 denarii, about a year's pay. One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was about to betray him, said, She could have sold the oil for a lot of money, and then she could have given the money to the poor. Judas did not say this because he cared about the poor. He said it because he loved money. In fact, he was a thief. They told Mary that she had done the wrong thing, but Jesus spoke up. Leave her alone, he said. She has done a very good thing for me. Then Jesus explained, You will always have people around you who are poor, but you will not always have me. Mary has poured oil on my body to get it ready for burial. Jesus said that wherever the gospel was told in the whole world, people would also hear about Mary and what she had done. Pouring the expensive oil on Jesus was not a waste, it was worship. By allowing Mary to anoint him, Jesus showed that he is more valuable than anything. Jesus knew he would soon die, be buried, and rise from the dead on the third day to rescue sinners. this. Have you ever given food to your child that ends up on the ground? Okay. All right. If you're not raising your hand, I think that either I'm doing something very, very wrong or we don't have children in this room. <laughs> right? Uh, right. This happens all the time. And, I, I, and I, think, I think this happens more often between one and two than any, any other time. And that's where I am right now. And it's every time I give food to Simon, it's like, please don't waste this. Please don't waste this. But I think what matters really on that topic is the perspective. Because to Simon, this isn't a waste at all. This is a science experiment. 
To the kittens on the floor, this is a unique privilege for them to be able to eat up the, the people food, right? To me, it might be a waste. Now, I think that's important to keep in mind as we think about the perspectives that happen in the story we just heard, right? Mary pours out this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, and the disciples say, this is a waste. But Mary and Jesus see this as a valuable use of what Mary has to offer. And so this morning, we're going to actually compare and contrast those two perspectives, ultimately to see that Mary is an example to us of giving no matter the cost, just as Jesus gives to us no matter the cost. So first, what do they have in common? Mary and the disciples both have heard Jesus' teachings. They both have seen his miracles, and they actually both recognize that Jesus is the Savior of the entire world. He is the Son of God. And yet their reactions to him are very different. You have Mary who responds in this pure act of worship. She has this perfume that's worth a year's wages. You think like thirty-five dollars to $50,000 worth of perfume. This is the kind of thing that, that people would pass down from generation to generation. It was, if it was ever going to be used, it had to be used in a special way. And Mary who is having this feast with Jesus right after Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Mary recognizes who Jesus is, that he's the savior of the world, that he has all life in his hands. And she sees no better use for this or really any of her resources than to give it over to Jesus. You see, Mary gives to Jesus no matter the cost because she knows that everything she has belongs to Jesus anyway. If it was her house, if it was her relationships, no matter what it was, she was ready and willing in this act of worship to pour it out for Jesus. She wanted to give no matter the cost. The disciples, on the other hand, knew exactly how much it cost. Judas actually called out the price of this perfume because the disciples have a little bit of a different perspective. They're thinking about the fact that Jesus is Savior and all and he's important and all, but we've got things to do. We've got responsibilities. We've got ministry to accomplish. We have, we have mouths to feed. We have people who are counting on us. And they take this perspective and call Mary's act of worship a waste because they are so focused on the responsibilities that they have in their day-to-day lives. And I think often most of us can sympathize with that perspective. Most of us are the kind of people that count the cost. We recognize that Jesus is really, really, really important. We recognize that he's the savior of the world. And, and, and yet, we don't want to give it all to him. Maybe I'll give him a couple of Sundays here and there. I'll give him some time with my family. I'll send my kids to a Christian school. I, I'll give a little bit, but I, I've got work responsibilities. I've got, I've got mouths to feed. I can't, can't give that much to the church. We've got, we've got soccer tournaments, gymnastic things to get to. We've got these responsibilities that pull us around in different places. 
I can't give it all to Jesus because I'm counting the cost. Or sometimes even if we are doing the right things, even if we are getting to church every Sunday morning, even if we're framing our entire days with scripture in the morning and scripture in the evening before we go to bed, so often we also count the cost of how much we're doing for God as if he were going to owe us something for it at the end. And don't take this as me pointing the finger out there at people that count the cost, because I recognize that in this room, I'm the chief hypocrite. And I know that there have been times when I have thought of the things that I've done and, and thought of myself as better or worse for them. And the truth is, all of us fall into this category of those who count the cost. If any of us believe that there is a single sinner in this world who is worse than us, who needs Jesus' death more than us, then we have been the people who count the cost. But thank God that we have a God who gives no matter the cost. And that's ultimately what Jesus does as he goes to the cross. Jesus is giving no matter the cost. He comes to a people who are lost in their sin and he gives up his life so that he can live with you forever. No matter what the cost is to have life with you, Jesus pays it. And he buys you back so that he can live with you and know you and have a relationship with you. See, Jesus already gives no matter the cost so that you are not your own. Your life and your things, they are not yours. They are Christ's. And Christ doesn't ask you because he needs something from you. He asks you for your own sake to give your entire life back to him. Whether it's the expensive perfume that you pour out one time or it's your every single day and your every single life so that you wouldn't be pulled around by the busyness of your schedule but so that you would be driven by the purpose of what Christ has for you. That you would be driven to show the people in your lives who Christ is so that when you go to the soccer tournament, it's not so that you can be the best soccer player possible, the most successful person possible, but so that you and your family can show Christ in that place. So that when you go to work, it's not just to put food on the table, but it's to show your family God's provision and to be Christ and to show Christ to the people there. Ultimately, our lives are not for ourselves. They're not for whatever ambitions or whatever things we want to accomplish, but our lives have been purchased by Jesus. They belong to him. And we, we would do so much better to live our lives recognizing that they ultimately belong to Jesus because Jesus, he didn't count the cost, but he gave everything on the cross. Not the world's everything. He gave God's everything. He gives no matter the cost so that he can be with you. And we give no matter the cost 
because he is with us.